Support for MVY's Shakedown Stream comes from Praxis Consulting Incorporated, working with insurance companies to increase their profitability through subrogation and recovery efforts. They're committed to improved recoveries, best practices, and better yield. More info by emailing info at praxisconsulting.com. Hey now, everybody. This is Jer Bear, and I'm in the pocket. I'm on the hot seat right here on MVY Radio. And it's time for another Shakedown Stream. And as you all probably know, like a bird knows when to migrate, it's Jerry time. Happy birthday, Jerry Garcia, August 1st. He would have been 75 years old today. And for the next two weeks here on Shakedown Stream, we're going to create some space, a lot of space, and we're going to call it Jerry's Space. So sit back. It's been a heck of a year here. So let's just get into the space and enjoy the ride. Right on.
All I wanted to know is how does the song go? That's Uncle John's band uh, kick off our Jerry space right here on Shakedown Stream. Happy birthday, Mr. Jerry Garcia. Out in Red Rocks, Bobby is getting down with a celebration for Mr. Jerry Garcia. And they're happening all over the place. They're in Burlington. They're down south. We'll talk more about that. But, you know, we get to celebrate uh, the Jerry Garcia music however we want. Some of us do it in our own way. Some of us gather with friends and, and do it upright. I just got my Dave's Picks in the mail just before I came into the studio. Volume 23, 122.78. I will open that up while I'm here in the studio, and we will get close with the aliens. Right now, let's keep it on going right here on Shakedown Stream.
Paper man eating candy. 
That's Mississippi Half Staff. Good tune for our Jerry show. 
4273 Boston. And that comes off of Dave's Picks, Volume 21. 4273. Great show. Actually, I know somebody who lives on the island. That was their first dead show, which I thought pretty auspicious. Before that, we heard a When I Paint My Masterpiece, Jerry Garcia Band. And that is 229-1980 in Hempstead, New York. Jerry, man, painting masterpieces. I liked how Jerry did it. Clearly, uh, how Bobby did it with the dead, with Jerry ripping the leads, was also very good. But I like how Jerry did it. So I was going to make this announcement, tell you about this um, limited edition print by Chuck Sperry, who has done a few prints for Jerry Garcia in remembrance of, uh, and this one was called Tangled Up in Blue. But when I went to check out the price, it was already sold out. There was 500. They were going to be, uh, they are signed by the artist and numbered, and whew, they went quick. I mean, I got the email yesterday and they're gone. But in honor of Tangled Up in Blue, Mr. Jerry Garcia, 1991, yo. If her hair was still red My parents said our life together Show was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's big book wasn't big enough I'm sitting on the side of the road Never did like it all that much in one day. 
don't know how it all got started. I don't know what to do with the lives. Me, I'm still on.
out. See you all later.
Dobro, mandolin, and banjo. <laughs> All at the same time. Kenny Kosak on the fiddle. Dave Kemper on drums. The redoubtable John Kahn on the bass.
woman alone Or I'll take my special And run all around us home Good gal loves me Everybody knows Spend a hundred cash dollars To buy me a suit of clothes Said, step aside, all you women and men, cause I'm looking for my man.
Jerry Garcia doing an acoustic little set, Short Life of Trouble. And before that was Blue Yodel number nine. And those two come from 1028, 1987 at the Lundfontein Theater in New York City. And uh, it's a different acoustic lineup. John Kahn on stand-up bass. David Kemper on drums, Kenny Kosick on fiddle, David Nelson on vocals and guitar, and Sandy Rothman on vocals, mando, banjo, and dobro. And we all know David Nelson from the New Riders of the Purple Sage. And uh, David Kemper was also the drummer for the JGB. And before that was Garcia and Grisman from 2391 doing Friend of the Devil. And I just like that different take on Friend of the Devil. And then we heard a tingled up in blue from one of the Jerry releases. That's from Milwaukee. Milwaukee of all places. And that is 1123-1123-91. Well, we've been having some beautiful weather here on the island. And uh, we're doing vineyard time, island time. And uh, nothing like 
getting into the sand, checking out the waves, and just letting it all go away. So I'm totally in a chill mode. This is Jerry Space, and I have so much stuff to play. It's going to be fun. There's nothing we can do wrong. I'm so, ha I'm so glad you guys are here. Last week, I had promised you that I would play this grouping of songs from 1984. This is from 1030, 1984. Check it out right here on Shakedown Stream.
Well, it almost sounded like they were going to do a Love Light. But that was Morning Dew from 731.88. Jerry Crooning. That is from Monterey, California. Before that, we heard a little drums from Philly. Spectrum. 1993. 913.93. And before that, we heard the Scarlet Fire from 1030.84 Berkeley. And last week, last month, we were focusing on 1984, and that was a good scarlet fire. You know, by the end of the month, I think we had a pretty good handle on 1984, and I think we discovered some good stuff. So you just got to poke around. And with The Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia, um, there's so much stuff to poke around in. And uh, it keeps being revealed. It keeps being polished off like a beautiful diamond. Well, we are celebrating the music and life of Jerry Garcia. We do this every year. It's kind of like clockwork at this point, like a Swiss watch. And I was just reading that there's some other Jerry Garcia birthday celebrations that have been added. Uh, There is one in Los Angeles with Eric Johnson and Leslie Stevens, Emmett Kelly, There's also one in Burlington, Vermont at the Higher Ground Ballroom, my old stomping grounds. I lived in Vermont for 12 years, not as north as Burlington, but they're going to do three sets celebrating Old in the Way, Jerry Garcia Band and the Grateful Dead, and Seth Yacovone, who was jamming when I was there. He's a really good guitar player, and some other cats. And then also uh, at the Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn, New York, It'll be Andy Falco from the infamous String Dusters and Friends performing the pizza tapes. Oh, that's pretty uh, obscure. And then uh, on August 2nd, there'll be a celebration in Nashville, Tennessee at the Basement East. And uh, that'll be led by members of the Future Birds, Los Colones, and Off the Wagon. And some other cats. And then, lastly, on August 6th, the Jerry Garcia Amphitheater at McLaren Park in San Francisco, Stu Allen and Mars Motel, sorry, Hotel, and Melvin Seals and JGB, and Midnight North. So, there's some different things going on. Uh, It might be too late for some of the tickets for August 1st, but... Everybody is celebrating Jerry's 75th birthday, and we are doing our own little thing here on Shakedown Stream. There is something I do want to feature. This is the Jerry Garcia Band at Music Mountain in South Fallsburg, PA. And uh, just a few songs, but uh, this is one show that was considered a standout show of the Jerry Garcia band material. So let's check it out right here, right now. I'll leave you for a little while right here on Jerry's Space on Shakedown Stream.
break for a few minutes. We'll be back a little bit later. Well, right on. Little Jerry Garcia band, the first set. From South Fallsburg, New York at the Music Mountain, Wednesday, June 16, 1982. Billy Kreutzman on drums. I saw the show the next night, or the next, the next show in New Haven, where Garcia played the most amazing sugary. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We just heard a deal out of Let It Rock. Valerie, a new tune for Jerry at this point. Then that's what love will make you do. Catfish John and how sweet it is. And that was a blend of a matrix and soundboard, soundboard audience. Um, there's a book. <laughs> sorry. There's a book called Positively Garcia, written by Howard Weiner. And in it, he... I think he does 12 or 10 JGB or Jerry Garcia shows that he thinks are of interest or of note. And then he, he does do some things uh, with the Keystone Theater between 1972 and 1984. This is one of the shows that he reviews. And what caught my eye is South Fallsburg, New York, is where an ashram is of uh, the Sitta Yoga and uh, Guru Mai is the guru there. And uh, a lot of people who are into yoga and certain types of yoga were very much involved with the Sitta Yoga years ago. And it was, I've met some of the people who were at the ashram and they told me what it was like to be there and what they did. And it sounded pretty cool. Um, and then one day Guru Mai said, okay, everybody go. I've taught you everything you need to know, and now you got to go do it, which is a good teacher, right? Uh, everybody can be a Buddhist uh, in a Buddhist monastery, but uh, to keep that going uh, when you're out in the real world, that's the challenge, right? To have a spiritual practice in our daily lives while we have all these stresses of work and money and relationships and our health and dealing with life stuff uh, that's that's when uh, you know it that's when we, we are challenged to stay on the, the uh, divine path if you will however I was looking uh, up the Sitta Yoga webpage and Guru Mai has a message for 2017 and it goes like this breathe in deeply the fragrance of the heart Revel in the light of the Supreme Self. Breathe out gently the benevolent power of the heart. Nice. Well, when I, uh, whenever I think about doing uh, the Jerry segment of the year, um, I always seem to gravitate to 1973 and 1981. And so I am very much gravitated to 1973 uh, this week. So I'm going to play some stuff from 1973. I'm going to do some uh, Grateful Dead and some Jerry Garcia and Merle Sanders. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the South Fallsburg, New York, Jerry Garcia band show. In the notes of this show, um, they wrote South Fallsburg, PA. And I was like, oh, did I get this wrong? But then, of course, I have my trusty dead bass and no, uh, they got it wrong. 
I got it right, they got it wrong, but everything's correct. Hey, let's go to the Winterland, November 1973, right here on Jerry's Space.
a shower of pearls since the eagle wing palace of the queen
That's a China Cat Rider from 1210-73 Charlotte, North Carolina. A Southern Show. And before that, Row Jimmy Row, also from Charlotte. And then we heard They Love Each Other, The Fast Kind, 11973 Winterland, and Here Comes Sunshine, also from the same show. Yeah, 1973 is a great year for the dead. I mean, you could just listen to all the 73 shows and just have fun. And there's a lot of Garcia and Merle stuff. And a lot can be said. Maybe not enough can be said. I am uh, not up to the task to say all that needs to be said about Jerry Garcia and Merle Sanders. Um, They did some great music. It was Jerry and Merle, Legion of Mary, other stuff. But in 1973, they did a lot of shows together. I think we're going to turn to some Jerry and Merle now. And um, not sure what the exact date is on this, but this is when they were playing with Tom Fogarty from CCR. And, of course, John Kahn, always on bass. Check it out right here. J.J. Kale tune done by Jerry and Merle right here on Jerry's Space.
she's gone It's too late My baby's gone Wish I had told her It's a weak man that cries So I guess I'd better try mine Yes, I will miss her More than It's too late. She's gone. She's gone. My baby's gone. She's gone.
Money Honey. Recorded live at the Lion's Share in San Anselmo, California, July 5th, 1973. And that's probably one of the best Money Honeys I've ever heard. And the trumpet player is a mystery. This is off one of the Garcia Live, Volume 6, July 5th, 1973, Lion's Share. And it says that it's a mystery guest who plays trumpet. Isn't that funny? But he's good, or she, it, whoever it is, is really good. And then before that, we heard The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. And then we heard It's Too Late, Jerry and Merle with their band at the record plant in Sausalito, California, 7873. That's one of my favorite Jerry Merle shows. And then two from the Fire Up CD release, Expressway to Your Heart. And After Midnight. Expressway to Your Heart. That's a great tune. There's this 1972 version that is amazing. And there's a a lot of new discoveries of Jerry's stuff from 1972. And I want to get my hands on them. Well, let's turn our attention back over to The Grateful Dead. And I have this new Dave's Picks release. We're up to number 23. So just one thing, whoever is releasing these things, especially with the Jerry Garcia releases, uh, you got to know that we are a lot older now and the font is so small, like I can hardly read it. I need really strong, powerful glasses, reading glasses to read the liner notes. And uh, it just seems odd to me that most of the demographic of people who are into this, I, I would assume, um, we need reading glasses. And so make the font bigger, larger, um, like, like we're children's books, kind of big letters, big letter, like a font, like a 22, 26. Because we're, we're don't make the font smaller, make it bigger. Not font smaller, font bigger. I would just appreciate because I want to read this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I need a magnifying glass. So anyway, I want to take a gander at this new um, Eugene, Oregon. I've featured the show a long time ago, 122.78. And this is one of those things that was recaptured, the reel of this. And um, God, there was some kind of write-up, that, but they were thinking um, the people who help put this back in the hands of the vault so we'll do a couple of this and then I'll, I'll play some more next week we got two weeks of Jerry's space right here on Shakedown Stream Prayers 
That's not where it's at for any of us. You know, we don't care whether we're successful or not because we've been unsuccessful for years. You know. Yeah, it's probably right. It's no, it's no big sweat. Well, if it comes along where you're successful and, and fairly well, then then maybe happens. we'll see if we can find a better way to do it. You know, a better way to be successful and wealthy, a way that's more rewarding to us, in a, a way to spend our money in such a way so that so that it brings about more enjoyment for more people. Or uh, more something for more people, more food certainly. Mm -hmm. You know, like like a lot of what we make now uh, is just like money to live on for us and our friends and anybody around who doesn't have any bread or doesn't have anything. Because uh, there are always people around who need something, mm -hmm. and I don't need anything. I don't really want anything. You know, I've got instruments and uh, and some. You know, I mean, like, I know I can eat and stuff like yeah. that. It's not, I'm not really worried about anything. And there's nothing I really want, except to be able to play more music and to get better at it. Well, how does this uh, war in Vietnam hit you? Well, not directly at all so far, except that it's getting, start, starting to get hard to buy things like cymbals and guitar strings, certain kinds of things. You can't stock lots of them because they're making bullets out of them. Yeah. And that like is hitting us where we live a little bit in that we're starting to get an idea that that uh, there's something going on in the world that nobody knows about mm -hmm. very much you know yeah. but it's like it's a big mystery 
and it's not really a mystery. The, the, the war is like a, an effort on the part of uh, the establishment to keep the, uh, the uh, economic situation in the United States comparatively stable. Well, if you hadn't already served in the service... Would I go? That's right. I wouldn't go. I would not go. I'm totally against war. I'm, I, I'm, I'm against it not on any religious principles, but just because I could never kill anybody. Yeah. And uh, I don't expect that in the natural course of things I would ever be brought to a situation in my head where I would want to kill anybody or where I'd actually be able to do it. I just, not, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's a sin. It, it might be the only sin that there is. It's, it's like anti-life. And I'm yeah. against anything that's anti-life. But do you think, really, there are some people, of course, who uh, don't care about killing, I mean, if they do, but don't you think the majority of the guys fighting over there don't want to kill, but they have to? I don't know whether, whether they do or not. I, I think if they do object to killing, I don't see why they don't object to killing and say, I'm not going to kill, I refuse to kill, I'm not going to kill yeah. anybody. Um, no matter what you do to somebody, it's not as bad as killing them. You know, like killing them is killing them. Yeah, there's, there's that sort of final thing about it. Right, and uh, I don't see how anybody could do it. You know, I don't see how anybody could do it. How, how anybody could uh, uh, drop bombs on rice paddies or uh, on little villages or something like that. I mean, it's really a horror to me. You know, it's not. I'm not intellectualizing about it. I'm only speaking from like news reels and things that I've seen. Yeah. And what I've seen is like really horrified me. I don't understand why it's going on. It's not my idea, and uh, I don't. I don't feel like I'm any kind of a subversive force. You know, I I feel, I feel like an American, and I'm really ashamed of it lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I would. You know, I don't think the country has to do that. I don't think the people want it to happen. Uh, I think that other kinds of internal differences, you know, changes like social changes of some sort that would uh, would make the economic thing work out in such a way uh, so that it wouldn't be necessary to kill anybody. Yeah. Th there's bound to be alternatives, is the thing. I think that, that killing people is like the stupidest thing we can do. Just stupid. Supposedly there's a purpose. I mean, what purpose is there? The purpose is, the, the purpose in the case of the war seems to be so that whoever, the few, the handful of people who have the actual monetary power in the United States are, will be able to retain that power. The whole idea, the whole power struggle, you know, is like it's some kind of modern fallacy that uh, by having something, you're, you're gaining something. Like, like having lots of money or having lots of a huge corporation or something like that. It all represents power, but the kind of power that it is is like it's illusory. It's not real power. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like worthless, you know. Well, like if you're going to die, you're going to die and all the things that you've done in terms of your power and your money and stuff like that are of absolutely no value. They're, they're just like pointless. I think, I think it's more important for me to live a good life than it is for me to be rich and powerful or something like that. But that whole drive toward toward power mm -hmm. and wealth and uh, and uh, I'm going to keep it all myself, you know, nobody's going to get any of mine, you know, mm -hmm. is like, it's it's insane. Yeah. It, it's just, an, it's an insane attitude. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I agree, but on this Vietnam,
know what I do. I don't, I don't know what I do until uh, until such time as that actually yeah. happened. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it happening because I've got better things to worry about if I want to worry about stuff. I, I don't know. See, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think in my own head, th these are conclusions that I've just arrived at. They're not anything that anybody told me or anything I read. I've just arrived at them by like watching mm -hmm. things happen. Uh, I think that, that, the, that, that the world needs to be, would, would best uh, serve itself by, by like taking care of itself. Like if the world, if everybody in the world could learn to be responsible to the extent of taking care of what's going on right around them, to seeing that nobody dies in front of them, you know, uh, to, to care a little, uh, then the, 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 the world's big problems would like disappear. There aren't, there aren't, I don't think there are any big problems, see. Uh, we're all human beings, we're all occupying this globe, and we have to learn how to live together. We have to, you know, we have to, uh, to learn to get along because we're like using up the earth, mm. you know, we're using up our resources, we're, 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 cr we're creating weird situations in which we kill each other. Uh, we're uh, destroying all the natural beauty around us and we're destroying each other. Uh, and it's, it's, it doesn't seem like the way things should go. It seems like everybody should be like working in some way to advance the world as a whole. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, your music then is definitely working on this end to try and... Uh, in, in the extent that, w that, that we are trying to make music in such a way that our music will not have a message for anybody. We don't have anything to tell anybody, you know. We don't want to change anybody. We, we just want to uh, give people a chance to feel a little better. Mm. You know, that's the absolute most we want to do with our music. Music, our music doesn't like the music doesn't enter into these ideas, and these ideas are just my personal mm. opinions. They're not, they're not our way of feeling like because like everybody in the band has their own ideas about the world and about yeah. about the way things are and stuff like that. Everybody's entitled to that. Our, the music that we make together is something that's uh, an act of love and an act of joy. We like it. You know, we really like it a lot. And uh, uh, it, 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 if it says something, it says it in its own terms at the moment we're playing it. And uh, it doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, it, it, we're not telling anybody to go get stoned or to go to go to to, to do something different or to drop out or, you know, we're not saying anything to anybody. We're just playing. And say it for what they want. Right, they can take it any way they want, yeah. and and that's just the way that's the way it's best. Well, now do you when this uh, scene. Uh... If you want to know what time it is, you don't have to ask. You don't have to ask. If you want to know what slurs it is, you don't have to ask. Don't have to ask.
Not at all. I, in fact, I, I don't think I have anything else to do in the world. You like to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, just because I like to see a lot of things that I've never seen before. But San Francisco, were you always consider it a home base type I of thing? I was born here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, th I think of it, I guess, it more as my home than any place else, really. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to play in New York? I don't know. We're just going. Yeah. We don't have any jobs lined up, but I think we probably will by the time we leave. We're just going to go. We even thought of going there and changing our name and just, really? uh, you know, being an unknown group again and seeing if we could do it. Could make it, huh? Sure. Name some, uh, in just short phrases, name some in things and out things, things you like and things you don't like. Things I like and things I don't like. I can only tell you about things I like. I don't know what I don't like. 
<laughs> there isn't that much I don't like. Uh, I like every, just about everything. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't have any complaints. You know, I don't yeah. have any complaints. I don't have any bones to pick. And I, you know, I yeah. Good way to be. Yeah. So, what about uh, this? Is just I'm asking you. What do you think of Buffalo Springfield? I like them. You like them? Yeah, I like. Have you heard of Moby Grape? I have. You should hear them. They're good. You really like them? Huh? Yeah, I like them a lot. Skip Spence is in there. Yeah, he's what rhythm? Rhythm movie? guitar player. Yeah. Is he better on rhythm than on drums? Because he's a good drummer. Um, really it's hard to say. It's hard to compare the two. He's good at both. He's yeah. also just beautiful on stage. I mean, he's a great showman, you know. Well, when I heard my best friend, I, I thought that was you. You know, I heard that flat top, and it yeah. never occurred to me that it was. Yeah, well, they did. They did two tracks on it. Like Yorma and Skip both played flat toss on the first track, and then Yorma added the electric lead over. Yeah. yeah. Yorma, would you uh, consider an outstanding guitar player, or different, or standard? Or uh, he's an exceptionally original guitar player, and he's got a lot of beautiful ideas and and a uh, lot real good technical facility. Embryonic Journey. Uh, that's. I really like that. Huh? Yeah, beautiful guitar playing. It sounds like a lot of pretty uh, guitars. Huh? Yeah, a few well-chosen words about Matt Cates. <laughs> uh, I, we've never had any personal dealings with Matt Cates. I've only heard about him. I don't want to add any hearsay to the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt Cates... Um, is a cigar uh, chewing... Right, he's the famous old manager. Yeah. That's all I can say yeah. about him. That's exactly who he is. And ten years ago, that would have been just fine. But... Now, the way things are now, it's it's outmoded and it's uh, it's not even fashionable anymore. And already, like the San Francisco scene, because it's creating so much excitement, the record companies are swarming around, but they're yeah. all leaving, because the managers and the bands say, no, we don't want to, we don't want to make a fortune, we don't want to be rock and roll stars, we want to make good music, and either you you give us the ability to do that, or we don't want anything. Yeah. And uh, so those guys are leaving, scratching their heads and wondering, <laughs> but they'll be back. They're always they always come back because uh, they know that there's dollars involved in it. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the radio stations? I mean, all you hear anymore... The radio stations are our friends. Yeah, well, why don't they play? Because I mean, our records aren't out yet. Yeah, <laughs> the airplane. They haven't done much with the... No, KFRC is playing a lot of stuff off their album. Well, what about their old album? Was that because... Their old album wasn't all that good, probably, in those days. I, I don't know. Well, see, here's the thing about radio stations. Radio stations, there's only one guy in the radio station that decides what's going to be played, and that's the, the guy called the program director. Yeah. And the program director can be anybody. It can be your uncle or your grandfather. He's yeah. usually a guy who's pretty much of a disinterested observer. He gets incoming records at the rate of something like 50 a day or something like that, 25 a day, dozens and dozens of records, lots of them all the time. Yeah. And he puts down a record and, and puts a needle on the groove and listens to the first 12 bars of it. If, it. if he doesn't like it right then, you never hear of it. It never comes out on the radio. If he does like it, it puts on a playlist, uh, you know, there's some maybe some quota or something like that. The average radio station is only playing about 30 records at a time, 30 or 40 records maybe. You think it's really the like this top 10 business and number one? Well, that has to do with what's sold, but what's sold has to do with what's heard. So the program directors are you are the ones that are that are the cause of a hit or not a hit because they're the ones that decide whether or not the record gets played. Well, the monkeys just drive them crazy, you know. Well, when you make a record, you make it for the program director. You know, that's really where it is when you make a single. You make it for the program director. You make it short, you know, yeah. under two minutes and 30 seconds. And uh, you make it so that, uh, that, it, that, that it'll, theoretic, it'll grab his theoretical ear in the first 12 bars. Yeah. 
And uh, if it doesn't do that, the record never gets played. And there's a hell of a lot of good records that never got played for one reason or another. Well, what do you think of the monkeys? <laughs> what am I supposed to think of them? <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? Well, I mean, why should they be number one? I mean, the uh, music. Well, who knows? Right? They're because their records are pretty good. And they should be good because they have the best, like the best of LA studio musicians. They have they have good arrangers. Who does the singing? Um, I don't know who does the singing. I think that probably that probably on the recent ones the monkeys yeah, themselves do the singing. On the early ones, I understood they use studio singers. Yeah. What? How good does a record have to be? I mean, do you know in terms of sales what it has to to be to be number one in the nation on billboards? Uh. Or breaking the top hundred. I'm not sure how many a record has to sell. Um, but for example, if you have a record, say, in the top ten at Billboard, it's a good seller, it's a good record, it's, or it's, at least it's a commercial record, you know. Uh, the, 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 this, all this stuff is, uh, it's completely mysterious, you know, there's no, no telling why any of it happens. Uh, it, it's just, there, there doesn't seem to be any reason why one record should make it over others. Uh, because like a lot of really good lot a lot of records that 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 have a lot of really good music on them don't ever get played. Well, you've heard your album now, obviously. So what do you think? Well, I, our album, I think our album is honest. It sounds just like us at a job. Yeah. Um, it has, uh, it has, it even has mistakes on it and stuff like that. But it but it also has a certain amount of excitement on it. It sounds like us. We felt good when we were making it. Uh, we did it in a short period of time, only four days. It's the material that we've been doing on stage, you know, for quite a long time. There's not too much fucking around with it, um, as far as recording techniques, there's not too much reverb and uh, stuff like that added to it, except what we use ourselves. Uh, the instruments sound good, and it sounds, like I say, it sounds like us. It sounds like a good set, one of our good sets. Did you write all the stuff on it? No, some of it's like public domain stuff. And, that one you sing, Little One, or... You, you that's that not, one? no, that's not. What do you think is going to happen to this San Francisco scene? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not even sure why it's, why there's so much commotion. Uh, good source of trash. Right, let alone what's going to happen to it. I have no idea what's going to happen to it, you know. I just can't, there's just no way of telling. <laughs> well, you know that uh, all things come to an end, uh, Sooner or later. Like every brother type music and right. all the Beatles are, the English sounds going out and uh, now this sound I think is starting up. Right. What you're doing now, if it goes out, what are you going to go back to bluegrass again? Well, in the coffee house? who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'll know that when I get there. But it doesn't bother you? Because no, it doesn't bother me now because I, I, I'm not, uh, it's just like, uh, the, the thing I'm most concerned with is what's going on right around me and uh, what's going on right now, not what's going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday. Well, in that respect, you don't seem very concerned about the stuff that was taken. Uh, well, is that because you figure it's done and then... Right, it's done. Over, right. So. It's, it's pointless to, to worry about it. Like, I can think about it. I can work myself into a big frenzy about it, but uh, somebody stole it. It's gone. You know, I hope they can have a good time with it. <laughs> Uh, I hope we can get it back somehow without having to put anybody in jail. Uh, it's not it's not that big of a thing because we can if we can like afford it to get more, and uh, maybe that's you know like some sort of uh, spiritual dues that we paid because we're being successful suddenly. 
then that means that now somebody can steal our equipment and not feel guilty about it because we're making more money than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's any number of reasons. I'm not worried about it because it's not my nature to worry about things like that.
Bring it. 